What's in the books? Presented by Sure It'll Be Grand. And welcome back, everybody, to Sure It'll Be Grand for a special episode for What's in the Box in regards to Doctor Who. And I've had it, first of all, it's myself, uh, Daniel, and Kevin's here too. Yeah, that's myself. That's himself. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> thinking about this, I thought to myself, why haven't I reviewed Doctor Who before for this? podcast it's weird that i haven't um for people who know me kevin knows me yeah i'm, I'm a fan <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh i'm also a fan but even i'm just like wow dan's a fan of this show <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a little bit insane um but i was thinking to myself why hasn't it shown like we've been recording before and i think it's because the last time doctor who was on we were just kind of barely starting and it was already like halfway through a season. I and it was a very specific season of it as okay, well. Okay, okay. So <laughs> that brings us to the second one. Um, mm. Now, yeah, that brings me to the other end. Um, just in case there are people who are fans of the Jodie Whittaker era, I, I just want to be upfront about this. Uh, for Kevin and myself, this era hasn't been a highlight. We haven't no. really loved it. Um, at the same time, we're going to give it a fair whack. Um, and we'll be as we'll be as fair as possible, but we're also at the end of this going to shout, "We're free! We're finally free!" Um, <laughs> well, again, it's it is nothing against Jody. Um, she seems like a lovely woman, great actress, and other things I've seen her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's personally more the writing style that probably you know just didn't give her as many opportunities as I would have liked to see her for Doctor. I understand some people are very attached to Jody, and so look, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, you're wrong to do that. Fair mm-hmm. play to you. I, I'm glad someone is enjoying it. I just wish I enjoyed it. That's all. Yeah. You know, I think that's the fairest thing we can say. And if you did enjoy it, I actually, like, I'd love to hear why you enjoyed it. And this isn't like, uh, oh, how could you enjoy it? No, like, legitimately, what was, what was the reason you enjoyed this so much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, this is, um, again, I don't want to dislike Doctor Who, and I want to know why people like it. And, like, here's the thing. I can talk about, oh, I'm breaking the show down logically, and that's why I don't like Jodie. Nah, look, it's Doctor Who at the same time. A lot of it is just, like, you either dig it or you don't, you know? The, the, yeah. It's a, it's a personal thing. So, just want to put it out there. Um, but please don't be too upset if we might be a bit harsh-sounding. That's yes. all I'm saying. Right. And to those people who really dislike it, don't be upset that we're not harsh enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, we will, we will make a few points where we're like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um, There's a few things in this specific episode that are definitely worthy of, of remark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but also some really bright spots, which I think even yeah. people who genuinely didn't like this episode in this era, there are a few moments in this where you're like, that was nice. I don't know why it was put there, but it was nice. Um, yeah. It's so, like that, that was that was too good for the Yeah, yeah. Times. So Okay, let's start. Um So I think the first thing that comes off to me is that okay, so this is a centenary episode for the BBC. This is mm-hmm. Doctor Who celebrating the hundred years of Doctor Who. Perfectly fine. We're gonna like the sixtieth anniversary next year with City Davies. Um yeah. but you know, this is a celebration, so there's obviously some retrospect and looking back at things that came before and nodding to it. But 
I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me, and I have points, we'll go through it as we go through the episode, where it felt like episode definitely just took like a whole bunch of Doctor Who episodes, got a blender, you know, blended it up, and then just kind of put it onto a piece of paper and wrote a script around it. That's yeah. kind of the vibe I'm getting. Um, now, maybe that that's on purpose. Maybe that's intention. But it, I guess it wasn't on purpose enough for me to say, like, oh, yeah, this is well done. and well done on purpose. If, if it was, like, if there was, like, a moment partway through the intro of the episode where the Doctor went, this all, this is all too familiar. Yeah. I've done all this before. And then it was revealed that was part of the Master's plan or something. Mm. Then I think I might have digged that idea a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but as is, it just came across very, like, oh, I'm going to take this bit, and I'm going to take this bit, and I'm going to take this bit without even, like, pretending the last time it happened, it happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's fair enough to say. Um, yeah, so, like, the first thing, it's, it's literally the first scene. Um, there, Kevin, tell me if you've heard this one before. Mm-hmm. There is a train in space and a sense of a uh, an emergency signal for help off into space to help it help the people on staff because they're under attack. Does that sound familiar no, to you? It's weird. I have a vague recollection of an episode like this before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, first thing I thought, uh, are they revisiting the Orient Express? Even when they zoomed up and showed it was, like, all modern, I thought, maybe this is, like, a new version of the Orient Express? Because it was just, yeah. it was very close to that. Um, but, look, it's not a big deal. It's just a little thing I noticed. Um one of the, so this is a train that is delivering, um, we'll, we'll get to it, a secret, mm-hmm. uh, thing. Cargo, yeah. Cargo. And there's a whole bunch of security people on it. One of the security people definitely looks like the monkey, um, gorilla man from Black Umbrella Academy. Um, uh, I know who, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of anyone on the train who looked like him. Like, right off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I had to Google it just in case, but no, I don't think it was him. Uh, so the big thing is, uh, the Cyber Masters are back, which are the Time yes. Lords that after, um, the Masters destroyed Gallifrey again off camera, yay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he made, uh, Cybermen out of him. And we actually. I... Yeah, I, I I just want a quick aside because I I haven't gotten to say it in in a public capacity before. I fucking hate the name Cybermasters. Yeah, I, I, it's so bad. Yeah. Call them Cyberlords. Yeah, I've always felt like it felt like ultimate playground. I got the Daleks. I got mm. the Cybermen. I got the Time Lords. And there's just one kid. Well, I I got the Cybermasters. They're like half Time Lords, half Cybermen, which makes them more like it's it's that kind of thing. And yeah, like, it's. Ugh. I I do not care for that name. Like conceptually, I kind of find them interesting. Cybermen that can get back up and regenerate—that's kind of an interesting concept. Well, it, it's not but though. It's... Hold on, it's not though. Okay, and I'm not trying to be mean about this, but the whole idea about the Cybermen is that they're an ever-going army of humans that have been turned into resources. Right, that's the whole thing. They're an overwhelming, uniform wave of destruction. And now, uh, you have like six of them that just kind of come back. I don't know, it just kind of destroys that idea. Because the Cybermen are just humans that have got their personality stripped away from them and are all now yeah, blank-faced armies. But there has always been like Cybermen that are above other Cybermen. Yeah. Like I, that's I, that's always been a thing. And I, I 
don't mind that they're like, oh yeah, we put Time Lords in them as batteries this time. Just this once for these specific yeah. ones. I don't mind it conceptually. I think it was very poorly handled. Yeah. I think um, later on we get uh, Ruth Doctor also making a mention that they took the these Cybermen are oh Ruth Doctor by the way I mean the hmm. Fugitive Doctor I call her Ruth Doctor I I adore Ruth Doctor I, I like that she had a sort of cameo in this but she made a point that these Cybermen aren't they they took all the biological material so regeneration but none of the brains yeah they're a bit thick and they are they 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 stand around in a circle and shoot each other. Like when, even if there's someone in the center of it, when is it ever a good idea to like shoot that way? I, I just thought of something as well. Yeah. Um. Why don't they have the brains? I, like, I, I, it, it could be time or brains. We've we've gone to the past about this about how, um, Donna couldn't possess a time lord brain being a human, and I think there's, I think there's just this implication that time lords are more than the some of their parts like it doesn't work well then again and, handy's around so yeah but like and also like in this episode they talk about cybermen taking information from hosts like that's a plot point for one of the characters kind of ish yeah for five minutes yeah um, um okay it, should we kind of go on anyway yeah let, let's continue <laughs> we've, we've ranted about the cybermasters yeah. because yeah, yeah um look i'm not against the idea and it has shown up in different media by the way like this is not Something completely different, but mostly in fan media. But hey, look, I just think they've been terribly executed. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, um, Dan gets shot in the face while he wears the um, astronaut suit. Yeah, which blocks a laser, but makes a hole. But makes a hole. And also, like, okay, so these suits have become famous for being the Doctor Who space suit, right? Yeah. And they should order first in the station pit and all that kind of stuff with David Tennant's era. Yeah, the the Ood episode. Yeah, and there, there were two suits that got back on. Well, one suit, wasn't it? It was the Tenth Doctor brought it back on, and he wore it a few times after that. Yeah. But don't think Rose wore it and brought it back on? So where... No. Why are there three suits, at least, on the Taurus? Do you think, like, the Doctor just really liked it and got spares? He must have, or they must have, Cause, like, yeah. Because I feel like in, and like, this this isn't just a sin of this era. I think this happened in Moffat as well, where there was more than one suit. Because didn't Clara yeah. wear one once? Yeah, yeah, Clara and Capaldi wore one um, when Capaldi went blind. I'm not sure it was that episode. I think that was a different one, but I'm thinking of the Moon episode. Okay, but they did wear them they did well. yeah <laughs> just saying um well no because it was a different it was an oxygen like banking suit or whatever i don't think it was orange no, it might have been the same it, one but like a different color no no it was the same one was it the same yeah, one yeah it was um why would they make another suit they have these suits in stock like you know well anyway, like i said it might be the same one re recolored because i don't yeah. think it was recolored but fair enough anyway mm. um cyber masters use torture yes that's. I mean, it's not. I, I'm sure that Simon must. Well, have how do we know they it. weren't cyberizing her? Um, because <laughs> the the security guard, they were literally like saying, "Tell us," no, and he's like, "No." No, I'm talking about. Yeah, we'll, we'll later, get so. we'll get to that later. Now, to <laughs> yeah. be fair, on rewatch, I actually have to defend it against you later. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yes, yeah, the cyber cyber masters use um electricity to torture and try to get information and corral information. And it comes up a few times in this episode, which is. Kind of a neat take. I don't think we've seen Cybermen 
uh, really torture people or get information out of people more than just like, tell us where they are, you know? Yeah, and then when they don't get the answer, they open fire. Yeah. Um, again, we kind of see this hands-on thing that the Doctor has with her companions as in this incarnation where she gives like sonic screwdriver to Dan and says, here, you go off to do the ship. Like, there is more trust that kind of thing. We've seen it before, but like, Ninth Doctor came in, um, Rose, his Sonic, and Tanner, what settings to use. So that's, again, is it like a little nod, but this is not the first time we see, um, even Yaz in last season seemed to have had some understanding of how the TARDIS controls work and all that. So, you know, Thirteen's very open to her companions knowing how to use some of the tech. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a shame that a lot of it has happened off screen. But yeah. Yeah, it's... Like, a lot of the more interesting things about of the development of these characters has happened between the episodes we actually see. Yeah. The, the, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like knowing that stuff happened when we were not watching. Yeah, I just watching. wish the fun stuff didn't happen while we weren't watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just a little note I had. The Doctor uses a med pack. Yes. <laughs> just says, give me the med pack there. It's like... It was nice. Don't see her using it, but it was like, okay, cool. Yeah, the doctor's actually like, okay. So the and the second doctor made a case that he wasn't a doctor of medicine, um, but sometime after that episode back in the day, and a few years later, I think the doctor got a doctorate by that time in medicine. Of course, so that would you know. But like initially, the doctor did not have a doctorate in medicine. Just to make it clear, um. So yeah, the Cybermen are trying to kidnap. Uh, in well, we find out an energy child. I definitely thought Ugh, this is the timeless child thing again, isn't it? Like, yeah, <laughs> it, like legitimately, they were opening the box. My first thought, and like me and my dad were watching this together. My first thought was, oh, the master's going to be in there. That's how they get the master back for this episode. Yeah. No, they opened up; it was a kid. And my, and my next thought was, oh god, it's either another timeless child, or it's the timeless child, as yeah. in that's the young doctor. Yeah. Um. Like in one of the older regenerations, or if Chibnall was feeling particularly ballsy in one of the next regenerations. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We then go uh, like the um. It gets kidnapped after the, the doctor says, "Don't worry, you're not gonna get hurt." Uh, she immediately just gets shot out of the room. And yeah. Going, yeah. No, the doctor lies. Uh. Tough. Again, yeah. another reference to the past. Doctor lies. You know. Mm -hmm. Blah blah blah. Um. Um. Then we go to Russia. Yes, we get we get blasted to Russia, and we see the back of a man's head. Well, actually, it's Siberia, which yeah, yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it's part of Russia. Yes. The back <laughs> of a man's head, and me and me and my dad, like I said, I watched with my dad. Me and my yeah. dad looked at that, and they said, "That's Rasputin, isn't it?" And my dad's like, "Yeah, that's probably Rasputin." Yeah. And the knock comes at the door, and he opens it, and they're like, "Grigory," and we're like, "Yep, it's Rasputin." Yeah. So this is nineteen sixteen. So I was talking to a friend of mine who's a bit into history. Hello, Mark. Mm -hmm. He's doing his own uh, video of that this episode later on. I'm looking forward to seeing. But um, uh, so they asked because to. That Tsarevich is um, hurt or like sick again. Tsarevich mm -hmm. is the um, the name given to the Tsar's son, so it's like I guess like Kingling or something yeah. <laughs> like. Um, but yeah, this is an actually historical thing. Uh, he did have issues with blood. However, by the time this happened, now this is it's. Now I'll say thanks to Mark for saying this, but it's a nitpicky thing. By the time of the Winter Palace, 
1916, the Tsar wasn't there anymore. He went yeah. to another place. The place was empty. Uh, but yeah, so the Doctor has to go off and meet the Tsar. I... It's, we get weird things going on here. Um, he, he's, he, he meets the wife at first and she's all upset. My, mm. my son is dying. And um, said, oh, don't worry. You can trust me. My eyes. Look into well, the eyes. Not around the eyes. Into the eyes. And that's you're under. We, <laughs> we somehow skipped a beat there um, where it's revealed that Rasputin is uh, a returning character. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. It's the master. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's been in every promotional shot on the planet. Yeah. I also, <laughs> not only do they spoil it in the promo shots, but they also spoil it in this because it's meant to be like a reveal once he enters the yeah. room with the Tsar. But in the shot where he goes, like he's greeted by the Russian soldiers, they have him lean over to pick up a coat, and as he leans over, you can see his fucking face. Yeah, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to actually talk about. Um, so it's not the first time, obviously, that Master has been disguised. It is a yes. long-running thing in Doctor Who, modern and classic, right? Mm-hmm. In modern, he was a prime minister, and then in the Capaldi um, Cyberman trilogy sort of series. Um, he was disguised. Um, John Sims' master was disguised, and it was mm-hmm. interesting because John Sim was a past incarnation of the master at this stage. Um, you know, because Missy was a current one. And yeah. now, at the time, I wasn't paying much attention to media news. Um, apparently, it was spoiled to a lot of people that John Sim was coming back. But yeah, I, I, I was spoiled. Yeah, I had no idea John Sim was coming back, and the the costume, it got the performance, you. it worked a hundred percent. I had no fucking clue. And oh my god, I was so amazed. And I wonder if they could have done something similar like that with this. It'd been far more enjoyable. Yeah, I, I when I, I genuinely think they should have just done him up a bit more. Um, you know, like they put him in the the wig and the beard and blue and, eye contact and, lenses. And, and and the blue eye contact lessons. And they were like, "Yep, that's Rasputin." Yeah. I think that's enough. Yeah. I'm, Should I'm, we call it a day? I will say, I, one thing I like that Chipman has done with the Master is pulling back a few of the old kind of things that the Master does, which is like mm-hmm. miniaturizing people and being able to hypnotize people. So that was yeah. the thing. Now, we kind of get a hint at that with John Sims' Master, um, with his like cow-eyed uh, wife, who's just seems to be out of it for the most part. Like she's well, but- She's not consciously aware of anything that's going on. I mean, they, they, it's more, I think it's more so explicit that he used, like, a mind control signal in cell phone towers to no, but that's get for, the country. For the entire uh, country, but, like, yeah. she was completely out of it. Like, she, mm. like, she only barely just snapped out when she really found out things by the end. So she mm. definitely had, he definitely had her hypnosis. And remember, like, even the Tant Doctor mentioned, he, the master always had, like, a hypnotizing effect around him. So I think that was only ever an extension of the theme of the master being hypnotized. And mm. boy, does he have people hypnotized because when the czar leaves, uh, he's, he says, oh, you should just go on holiday. And I'll look after your winter palace. And he says, okay, I'll go now. Now, you forgot something. What are you going to call me? Yes, daddy. I mean, master, master, <laughs> master. I said master. Um, <laughs> um, I, I do, like, I do, I do think we have to mention just how, like, this master is, is weirdly sexual compared to other masters. Of, Even missing. A, a lot of gay flirting. Did you notice that? Especially yeah. in units. Like, he's going up to the source. Want to join me into the bunker? Let's bunker away. It's like, oh my. Yeah. I mean, look, let's, let's be fair. The master always had a flamboyant side to him or her. You know, I mm. think that's fair to say. 
God damn, yeah, no. Ultra like, up there this time. Like, even if you go back to Sim, he flirted with Ten a fair amount. Oh, yeah, um, I mean, but it's been a joke like, since the classic era that the Doctor and the Master definitely, you know, bumped up, please. Yeah, but, like, this one is just so, like, he's flirting with fucking everyone. Yeah. And he and he makes a thing about being called Master. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very, uh, well, look, we'll jump over because uh, Ace is back. Yeah, Ace is back. And now you're not a classic Who fan, that's because you haven't really delved into it, but mm. you know of Ace. I do, yeah. Yeah, Ace is the Seventh Doctor's companion, last companion of the classic era before um, that was ended. And my god, it's just fun to see her. They, we kind of jump off from her still being in charge of a very wealthy company, Charitable Earth. First time mentioned with Sarah Jane Adventures, but it's also been um, hinted at in books. And then later on in um, a DVD extra scene uh, for the um, <laughs> Sylvester McCoy era, I think, uh, season 20. Actually, here's the thing. It sounds funny and daft. But those um, scenes that they make where they have the modern, like, you know, what the companions look like now and talk yeah. in retrospect about the Doctor and the Doctor meets them or something else happens, it's they're really well done. Like, it's it's been my favourite part of Doctor Who in the last few years, having those kind of trailers show up. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just... And just people like come in and be like, "Oh, my life used to be normal, and then I met the doctor, and I ran away from cat people for three years." Yeah, uh, but <laughs> I know it, I'm oversimplifying, yeah, but yeah. But, but in that, we also see her being in charge of Charitable Earth, her company, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she has serious money, and so we see her in the suit again, and so they continued that idea. It's not just a thing they threw away. And I like that. Um, I noticed on second or third rewatch. Um, so Ace later on, uh, on jumps off the building and she has her suit trousers tucked into her socks. And I thought, yeah, that's just because she's jumping off a building is a good way to like control her fall rather than the air going up her trousers. Mm. She does it in the museum. <laughs> does she? <laughs> yeah, that, her, her, like, her trousers are just tucked into her socks. And I kind of like it. It's kind of like that 80s sort of... Don't say skinhead movement, but like the, the good side of the skinhead movement, right? Mm. Oh, I, I should say, like, the lifestyle. Uh, but yeah, she's looking there and she's noticed that paintings are disappearing all over the world. She, you know, someone makes excuse, but she's not having any of it. And she calls Tegan. Now, like, Tegan and Ace weren't traveling together, but obviously they connect somehow. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think it's just a thing where, like, if you worked with the doctor at some point, your life is just kind of set on a on a singular path of being involved in weird shit for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. They just probably just bump into like, oh yeah, there was a weird goldfish man, yeah. um in charge of a town in Mexico. So I had to investigate, and that's where I yeah. met Tegan. I mean, that's literally a plot of multiple D- Davies episodes: the Sarah Jane one, and also um, I can't remember the name of it. The the two parter at the end of Tenants Run with uh, Catherine Tate. Yes. Um, like that. That's just kind of what those yeah. episodes were all about. Is just oh yeah, these people who no longer work with the Doctor. Well, look at the stuff that they're still doing because of the work they did with the Doctor. Yeah. Um, Tegan seems to have a little bit of like a a very similar story to Joe Grant. Um, mm. except it's sadder. Like she has she's been divorced a few times and her. Um, adopted son's not calling her back and she's just like where's the doctor I haven't seen him for four decades the prick <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, uh, she mentions like she's in Romania. Uh, she mentions you know there's been a seismologist going missing. She got a weird package for a Russian doll, but there was only like a little tiny Cyberman statue inside it, and like a message from the doctor. Yeah, I should say um, message from the doctor. It wasn't a message from the doctor, as we find out a little later. Yeah, and. And like it should, we should also say that both of them are like investigating their own issues. Uh, Tegan is investigating uh, geologists which have gone missing, yeah. and uh, and Ace is investigating paintings which are being taken out of like off yeah. display. But I want to say and, something beautiful about that. I love mm-hmm. that Ace makes the assumption that those things are connected because that's only someone who's a companion of the Doctor which can connect paintings. And both missing challenges. Like, like, yeah, no, that that's something. That something's going on there, you know? Yeah. I, I also have to add that, like, the whole plot point of the missing paintings is, like, more important to the plot than the missing geologists end up being. Well, here I want to uh, say again, this is the second time Eunice went and said, Doctor, we need you. That's fucking paintings doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what, it's the second yeah. time. <laughs> like... <laughs> And the doctor this time was like, the, like after the first time, the doctor should just like, no, I'm not, not again. The last time I had to deal with my own war, like flashbacks. Yeah. I literally had to go flashback to the war. Yeah. How many paintings? 16? That was only three. What the hell? <laughs> um, but yeah. If there's a single Zygon in one of these fucking paintings... <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, so we kind of flash back to the Doctor, and mm-hmm. it's after uh, they leave the train, yeah. and Dan um, is going back for his date, and like they're already planning, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this, and Dan just said, you don't have to come back for me, I'm leaving. Yeah. And that was just, oh, I don't like that. They I, I just, no. I, I just have to say, with the way they did that, what the fuck was the point of Dan? Yeah, uh, I mean, they literally could have left him at the end of the last season. It would have been the perfect spot. Maybe they had more plans for him for this centenary. That, that's fair, because it was a big space. Maybe there were different ideas. You know, maybe they had to still juggle about who was appearing in the show and all this. And maybe they want to keep down. But that was a really cheap, like, all right, let's just, let's get rid of him. Yeah, and like, especially since I think Dan is somewhat likable. I like as, Dan, like, I like Dan. He's, I mean, his character is, I'm a scouser. That's it. Yeah, uh, like that's, <laughs> that's his only character trait, really. But he's down to earth, and he can be pretty funny. So yeah. I'd love to have had him on board, but I guess maybe, oh, there's so many characters, I guess we'll cut Dan? Also, uh, evil Dan memes are the best memes on the internet. They are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, Google evil Dan Doctor Who memes. You might find something. I think he, <laughs> the actor himself has acknowledged it, so, you know, fair enough. I hope they Evil Dan returns uh, <laughs> like an audio. Yeah. Um, we get the Doctor doesn't like uh, goodbyes, which is not a new thing. So that's the kind mm. of thing that happens. Especially 11th Doctor never really liked goodbyes and seeing the end of stories and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And she heads in while um, Yaz goes and says goodbye to yeah. Dan. Uh, a Dalek hologram shows up. Uh, this Dalek is a good... Uh, I'm going to be honest with this. Mm-hmm. This is probably the most contrived piece of crap that's in mm-hmm. this episode. Evil Dalek um. shows up, says, Hey, I don't like the Daleks because we were meant to be protecting Khaled's, but the Khaled's are gone and the Daleks are here and I don't like that. And, I, you know, the obvious thought is like, okay, this is probably just a trick or something. But I want to uh, get... Yeah. We're going to get back to him because... I. 
I just want to very quickly mention what the doctor says to him. Go on. Um, like, she goes off, like, I've never met a good Dalek. No Dalek has ever, like, not fired at me. Yada, 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 ba- Dalek's bad. Yeah. Um, it's not 100% true. Have you, have you forgotten inside the Dalek? Yeah, into the Dalek. <laughs> but, or into the Dalek, yeah. yeah. Let's be fair. That Dalek didn't turn out to be, like, a good Dalek either. But it definitely wasn't a fan of the Daleks, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like... Like that Dalek, and also that Dalek didn't hate the Doctor. Yeah, you know. Also, I want to say like the Doctor again is on a froth like attack on like yes, I could wipe all the Daleks out mm-hmm. of the universe. Whereas like in the bef- before, we always kind of got kinda... the Doctor doesn't like genocide as a rule. Yeah, now he, how, they've how committed many times, a few times. Um, how many times has this doctor genocide the Daleks specifically? Oh, listen, like, yeah, it's a few times. I don't know. I just I'm not against the do- uh, doctor having a flaw and that there is uh, an exception to who she wants to wipe out, but in general I don't like that they're so eager with it now. It's mm-hmm. less livid. Mm, I don't like that. Otherwise why doesn't the doctor just spend all her time thinking of ways to destroy the Daleks anyway? You know? Yeah, like, you have a time machine. Sure, you can travel through yeah. time and keep eliminating them on purpose. I do want to mention one thing. There is a bit of a hint to um, some Dalek factions back in the day in Classic Who, where yeah. there were two types of Daleks. One Daleks which were still biological with just the shell um, mm. controlling them, and they were still in control by Davros if I remember right. And the other ones were more cyborg Daleks, which is like, yeah, Dalek shell and um, Daleks inside, but they were intervened in the cybernetics, where the other Daleks were basically a Dalek in a seat controlling. The other Daleks were more cyborg related. So that was kind of More like Davros, yeah. Oddly, even though Davros is not cool with that faction of Daleks. It's it's a whole thing. So that was kind of a hint towards that as well, I suppose, because... They mentioned, look, we went, we were made to look after the Khaled race, which is where the Daleks come from originally, and we just went too far, and I'm not cool with this. And it's very, very convenient that this Dalek suddenly had a change of heart, so close to the Daleks needing someone like that to be a trap <laughs> to catch mm-hmm. the Doctor. But let's get there. Uh, so that Dalek mentions this Dalek incursion, and what else is new? Um... We aren't, when, sorry, I'm just going mm. for my notes. My notes were Ra- Master Rasputin Winter Pilot's yeah. Daddy Issues. Um, yeah, while, while you're going through your notes, I just do want to tell people that, yes, there is this many plot beats, and yes, we are still like 15 to 20 minutes into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. The Doctor arrives on Planet Cyberman, uh, which is mm-hmm. a giant metal planet that I think used to be organic. That was then made into metal. Like yeah. This is what Dr. Mentioned. And we see, first of all, we see the energy creature, the um, which is, what's a child? And it's a quarons? Quarons? Something like something. that. I, I've just been calling it a quoka. <laughs> oh, maybe not. Well, let's call them quarons, right? Um, mm-hmm. the, so this very um, rare, sentient uh, energy species that can power planets and all that and obviously has been used to like control this place now we had a bit of a talk about this last night on mm-hmm. rewatch the TARDIS does not power the planet the okay. TARDIS is there the, the TARDIS that's already there on the planet is there to move the planet the, okay the, the creature 
is what powers the planet. Okay. Okay. But here's the oh, thing, yeah. right? Why does mm-hmm. the master? This is just a question. Why does so we see the master's TARDIS, which is just like a type TARDIS seventy five, uh, which is a homeland TARDIS. And it has been mentioned back in the past, so it's it's a bit more advanced um, and power, more, much more powerful than the Doctor's TARDIS. But yeah, uh, and it's it's a Doctor's TARDIS. It, it, it's hit itself as a Joker version of the Doctor's TARDIS because we see mm-hmm. ha 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 written all over it. Just, yeah, ugh. it's the Suicide Squad TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> Why does the Master not hide the TARDIS? Um, because uh, it's funny. It's got it's a taunting. You see, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, if I park it directly next to the quorum, then uh, then you know they'll never find it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah they go into the TARDIS, and it it, it gave me vibes of um, the. The Master, a series starting Rusty Davis, where he ruled the planet and he turned the Doctor's Towers into a paradox machine. Mm-hmm. There was kind of that vibe to it. It seemed like very. Yeah, I, I was also very much thinking paradox machine yeah, when I yeah. saw it. Um, yeah, that's kind of the vibe we get from it. I do, I do have a question because you rewatched it a few times. I do have a question. Go on. Why is the quorum just kind of like chained Quarms. to the planet? The uh, Quarinx. Uh, Why it, is it just kind of it chained? Is, it is in, in. It's connected to the interface of the planet. That sounds stupid. <laughs> it is because I don't see any interface. But oh yeah, the one thing we should talk about the Quarinx a little bit. It's a yeah. species that also disguises itself to appear. As something that needs to be protected, so that's why it appears as a child beforehand. Whereas really, yeah. it's a weird. You you know those like like glass balls that have like an electricity thing um, that you can touch, and there's like electric yeah. beams. It's like a sentient version of that, really. It's isn't like it? that. It's like that if it was a jellyfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of that. Um, but yeah, the doctor says, "Hey, I'm going to help you." Blah 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 blah. And then um, she forgets to help it for most of the episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to say, Una asks about paintings again. Um, mm-hmm. Tegan, like, so the Doctor comes back and they're like, okay, are you ready to see the Doctor? I know it's going to be a big deal. And the Doctor is shocked to see them. And Tegan is surprised that the Doctor, like, Tegan knows that the Doctor is a woman now. But mm-hmm. she's surprised that the Doctor is young. And I don't get that at all. Because yeah. she literally travelled with the youngest looking incarnation <laughs> before Matt Smith. Like, yeah. genuinely, he literally the most baby-faced doctor, like, number five, after the old dudes that came before. Tom Baker, a bit less old, but still, like, like Peter Davison is a baby face. Even as an yeah. older man, there's still a babyness to his face, you know? I, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird that she's, like, surprised. Like, oh, my God, he's she's young. It's like, What? I'm surprised that you have the concept of an older doctor, to be honest. Yeah. Also, like, shouldn't you know the doctor doesn't age? Yeah. Shouldn't, like, not traditionally at least. we know that the doctor can also, she also knows the doctor can regenerate. Like, she's seen it. Um, Okay. I I just put this note down. I am tired of the trope of sad past companions. Yeah. I'm sad that Um, I'm always just like... You left me and you never came back. No, get me wrong. Like with Sarah Jane, I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's kind of sad. And then it happened with Joe Grant and uh, nice scene. And then it's here again, and with both Ace and um, Tegan. Though I think Tegan took it harder than Ace personally, but yeah, there's still like 
he never came back. It's so sad. Do you even think of us? It's like, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, like, I just want one of the companions to say, no, I did really well. I'm actually really happy. I think about you once in a while, but you know, and I hope I get to meet you again, but things are grand. Nice to see you, Doc. Yeah. Let's go. Be nice. You can pop in for, you can pop in for tea anytime. Yeah, exactly. You know? Just, just something nice, but no, we have to have the, no. everything like, is sound tired. It, and and like and like what a lot of things where a trope develops, the first time it happened was actually the best with Sarah Jane because that happened. She was sad about it, but then immediately it was all smiles and hugs because yeah. they were just so happy to see each other again. Yeah. Uh, to um, be fair, it's kind of no. Okay, I'm going to defend Tegan here because they did it with huh. Joe Grant as well. The moment she realized like this was her doctor, and she had a bit of a problem seeing Matt Smith as her doctor in the Sarah Jane Adventures. But once she realized it, went, hold on, it is you, and. It was lovely. Uh, in this, uh-huh. Tegan is a grumpy cow. And again, as someone that I like Tegan, but she's a grumpy cow as her character in general. Back then, back now. Again, she's an air hostess. She had to deal with it. Um, they bring that up. <laughs> yes, they do bring up because, I mean, it's all they ever brought up in the classic era concerning her. Um, <clears throat> okay, paintings are defaced. Um, they all think it's Rasputin on there, which makes me think, like, Rasputin, like the way the doctor reacts to the painting, like, oh my god, it's Rasputin. And she goes, no, it's not. It's the master. Makes me think that there is probably still a historical Rasputin. Yeah, um, I, I, I also got the idea that, oh, he's just kind of, he's changed history, replaced Rasputin with himself. He probably just killed him like, or something, yeah, like six months a few before. times. Which, again, makes it interesting. The master we see in Russia is actually a future version of the master we're about to meet. Yes. So just to make that clear, because you know the show doesn't actually make that clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It doesn't. I, I suppose it doesn't really matter too much, but whatever. Um, it is a little bit confusing because you're like, oh, did he plan all this and then he does it and refer it? But no, he doesn't. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. They're looking at all the seismology things and that, and suddenly the master just shows up on screen and says, "Oh, I'm the master, and you should come to my seismology lecture." And they're like, that's the master. Yes, that's the master. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes like a, um, the doctor does this weird thing where she tells, uh, Tegan and Ace to just stay here and keep an eye on the master. She, she really doesn't want to be around Ace and Tegan at all throughout the entire episode. Yes, mm-hmm. I know we have some really nice sentimental moments, but keep in mind, that's AI doctor. The actual doctor we see does not hang around with Ace and Tegan. For very yeah. long, she, she is she socially awkward. She is socially awkward still. <laughs> <laughs> like she cannot face the idea of talking about sickness and death and cancer and seeing old friends. Uh, I, if I, you grow old, then I cannot deal with it. My social anxiety. Yeah, uh, no, I'm. I'm sorry. This is this is one of the things that really put me off routine before and in this episode to bring it back. I know we get nice scenes between the doctor and the old companions, but. In reality, no, we don't. That's a computer version of it. And sure, yeah. it's a very, it's very much the doctor in a way, but not really, not the authentic person, you know? Yeah. And like, it's so weird that this doctor, like one of the primary character traits of this doctor is the inability to deal with like most common issues. Yeah. Like, oh, my friend is sick. I'm going to avoid the conversation. Oh, I've found some friends and they got old. I'm going to not talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about um, the AI doctor, 
we discover that the Doctor realizes things might go pear-shaped, so she pre-zaps everyone with, like, nanobot chips that will make them see the AI version of her, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is this a new thing she's developed? Now, we've we've seen, like, an AI interface of the Doctor before, like, having yeah. messages and all that, but this is, seems a bit more complicated, right? Yeah, and this is already an episode that was pretty complicated. How do you feel about a backup doctor just being inside the TARDIS whenever they need them? I don't like the execution. I, You know, I, I like the idea of using the doctor as the visual interface for, like, like a system that's like, here's what you need to do in case of disaster. Because yeah. in the past we've seen companions' images being used as interfaces, mm-hmm. especially with Clara, for example. Yeah. You know, and, and Amy. Yeah, Clara and Amy, both of them. I remember. I remember the fucking scene um, where the Doctor was dying in that one episode, and the past companion it was a Let's Kill Hitler. I think. Yeah, it was Amy. Yeah. Um, uh, and he, everyone is cycled through is like, "Oh, you're just making me feel guilty." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I suppose. Look, this is again the thing about the Doctor um, not wanting to be around um, Ace and Tegan because she does feel mm-hmm. guilty. But I think this is probably the biggest weakness for me for this incarnation of the Doctor. Like, I don't... Guilt is fine. I understand that. And having mm-hmm. a tough time with that and facing it is hard on a person. But it's the Doctor. We should see the Doctor rise above it. Yeah, like, at this point in the timeline, the, the Doctor has been through so much. Yeah. You know? And the fact that this specific incarnation is just not able to deal with it is kind of bizarre. Yeah. Um. Anyway... We find out what happened to the seismologists. Mm-hmm. The master shrunk them all to death. Yes, um, and, and that plot that plot of the seismologist ends there. Yeah, the, uh. he, he explains um, what's happening on the planet with the volcano that I'm fairly sure was drawn by a child rather than you know seismologist. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean it's probably drawn by the master. Wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> probably uh, the master confronts the doctor and says, "Hey, here's the deal." I'm going to kill you today. You can leave the planet and survive, or I'm going to kill you. And he makes a point to Ace, and uh, not Ace, Yaz, straight away saying, like, you know she's going to stay because of that. She can't help herself. And he's right. Mm-hmm. She She's not leaving. Yeah, like, I like that specific instance of taunts where he's like, oh, she knows she, you know she's not going to leave because she has to because I don't make empty threats, but you know she also thinks that she should leave because I don't make empty threats. Yeah. But we know she's not because uh, she has to yeah. save the day. Because if the world's going to blow up, she's not going to just run away. Yeah. Uh, v. Nor, He comes back. <laughs> he We see him coming through a portal. Was it, is it Vinor? I thought it was Vendor or something. Vindor. Vindor. That's why I have it spelled down as. But it might be other things. I'm afraid. Yeah. I That character was such a disappointment last season. Because it was such an implication that this might be the father of the Doctor. And there's an implication like, that he might have been literally anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So V. Vindor is back. He's he's going through a portal, a wormhole, and they have the technology like to guess when these wormholes show up. And he's here to look for the Korongs on mm. behalf of some agency. I don't know exactly. Maybe they mentioned who he's working for last season. Um, it's something to do with that snake guy. Okay. 
Let's not go any further than that. If we're at Snake Guy, we'll leave it at that. Oh, no. <laughs> He's there to uh, help the energy speed creature. He crashes, and he, he he brings out a phone he got from the doctor, which is a really out-of-date phone. Yeah. Um, and he's just trying to call. Uh, yeah, uh, the master is at this stage also captured by unit. Uh, the doctor gets Yaz to point a gun at him the whole way and mm-hmm. bring him to unit that way, which is certainly uh, um, something interesting. It's certainly a character choice. Yeah. Um, so, the doctor has walked into unit with the TARDIS and... There's some interesting things to the past. Uh, he, um, the master sees Tegan and says, Hey, how's your aunt? Because we know her aunt was killed back in Doctor Who history by the miniaturization thing. He says, Oh, do you keep her in a dollhouse and all this? So that's a nice fun one. Um, Ace has just the best comeback saying, Yeah, last time we, I saw you, you were a fucking cat. <laughs> uh, and he was just like, well, we're allowed to experiment. And... I like how that was the one thing that kind of caught him off guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. You should watch that. We watch. You know I would love for What's in the Box if we actually just pick up a few classic Doctor Who episodes. I, yeah. I would love to see a reaction on them. Um, I loved classic Doctor Who, by the way. It's not a, let's take the piss out of Doctor Who. Um, but let's also take the piss out of Doctor Who. Anyway, um, the Masters has something interesting. He calls Ace's doctor a Michaelian maestro. So like mm. a Machiavellian maestro. And that's what Seven was all about. He had yeah. these big overarching plans that even put his companions into temporary dangers just so he could find out more about it. He put Ace into a lot of like, shitty positions. Like He wasn't always like the best doctor. But he always did it because... He was a champion of time. Like that's he actually. There's some Doctor Who uh, books that imply that he caused the regeneration of his previous self so that he would become himself. This, really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's interesting. Like I, I personally love the Sam Doctor, especially when he gets like that dark sort of calculating side. It's really cool. Uh, but yeah. Master also makes a point saying, I always find it so interesting when people um, like try to lock me up in a building and then feel safer because I'm in the same building as them. You know, it's like, that's a fair point. Like, yeah, <laughs> like surely at this point you could like develop some kind of offshore, yeah. like just a cage to drop them in the ocean for yeah. a bit, you know? Well, like again, I just want to say, like the doctor does not want to be around Ace and Tegan. He says, look after the master, keep an eye on I'm socially awkward. Goodbye. Mm. Um, and she's just like, she, like, Tegan goes like, she doesn't want to see, let us inside the TARDIS. And it, it, it is a bit strange. I genuinely think it's a little bit odd. Um, the Doctor still wants to genocide all Daleks. Yes. Um, yes. Even um, though Yas told the Doctor that she loves the Doctor, uh, the Doctor seems really kind of bothered about Yas asking her, like, be safe. And says, I meant to say that. Like, she seems oblivious and irritated. By Yaz's affection, like she's like, oh, I don't want to even consider this. Please stop. You know, yeah, it's almost as if they have no chemistry with each other. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, they, they they find the Daleks uh, because they got coordinates uh, while they were talking to the masses from um, that good guy Dalek, I guess. Um, and they land underneath a volcano and they split up because that's what you do underneath a volcano. 
Uh, Yaz sees that the Daleks are digging a hole into the plates, and I, you know that's that's not never a good idea about the Earth being. Like, yeah, dug up. you don't don't dig holes into their air tectonic plates. Yeah, because earthquakes and volcanoes and shit. Yeah, uh, and so we'll go back to Unit and Tegan and Ace are looking at cam like a camera feed of the master sitting down. And they hear a little fall behind. And she turns around. They turn around and they see it's a little Cyberman statue that the Doctor sent. What they thought the Doctor sent. Mm -hmm. And immediately the Master turns around and says, oh, did that toy fall? And the like what's been told to us is then that this is actually a Cyberman and the good thing about shrinking things, they can be grown as well. And the Master has this all planned again. This is how the Master is meant to be, look very like timed. Yeah, he, master plans perfect. And, and and plus he's like mentions how he's he hooked up to the Siberium, so he knows everything now. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, so the little toy grows into a full dog. And this is um full Cyberman. And this again yeah. is a hint to a previous episode, Doomsday. Where we see like the crucible thing that is da Dalek shaped. Yeah, I have a toy of it. Yeah. Yeah, and it opens up and has just it's a Dalek. It's prison. An yeah, it's an yeah. army of Daleks inside. Yeah, and it's kind of the same with this. Just Cyberman just coming out. All that. Do you think the Cyberman toy itself is actually just a Cyberman standing really still, but can't break himself up like that? Um, maybe because yeah. it's weird. Because I know a part of it is like. It, it's weirdly supposed to be that it look kind of like the half Cyberman guy. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. That's but then it opens it. up. So it yeah. opens up, and about five Cybermen walk out. And one of the Cybermen that walks out is a returning Cyberman, kind of. Yeah, it's a Shad. Uh, it's a Shad. Yeah. And the Shad is... He died. You know, he died, yeah. So um, he was a villain who kind of was somewhat good when he was first introduced. Yeah. And then the Master one-shot him. Yeah. Um, and the, the Master makes a point that, oh, I once killed him, but he got over and no more good friends. And we later on find out that the Master cloned a Cyberman. Yes. With all his memories and all... That's how... I guess if he you're didn't... connected to the entire Cyberman infrastructure, you probably do have backups of people. But here's the thing, he didn't just he didn't just clone him. He damage cloned him. He he, he damage cloned him. <laughs> yeah. Like there's scars on his face and like the armor is broken. Like that's a custom job, you know? Like why? You just made this more confusing. Why did you do that? <laughs> it's like, oh I made him exactly how he was, except now he likes me. Yeah. <laughs> Question. Yes. They're like at tops, ten soldiers in unit here. Yes, like they are not a, enough. Like they haven't. Like I assume the entire building belongs to unit. It's not like one of those things where they own like a floor or two and that's different. Like I don't know, a video game company underneath them or something. You know. Yeah. Um, because they, I tried to count the soldiers. It's about ten soldiers altogether in different floors. Um, they start to get cyber converted. And mm -hmm. yes, at first we thought it was just an electricity thing that was converting them. We were making a bit of a joke of it last night. But they do have special seats that they put them in. And yeah. to their credits, we have seen cyber conversions being very quick. Like they build these factories very quickly on 
wherever they are to convert. So I'm not completely against that yeah. either. That, that makes I, sense. Yeah. Um, I do. I do have a question for you as someone who has watched this episode three times. Yes. Um, I've only watched it once. Yes. Um, you keep saying like an accusation. Um, go on. <laughs> I do. Um, so there was a thing that immediately pissed me off when I watched this. Okay. Go on. So. Uh, Ace and Tegan, they see the, the Cybermen come out of, of the doll. There's like five or six of them. They run out of the room. And as they run out of the room, the camera pans out and looks down, and you see all the Cybermen coming out of various rooms in the building. Where the fuck did those guys come from? Actually, why is there so many Cybermen? And why are they coming from different floors? That's a really good point. Do you think there's just Cybermen as they were coming out, just teleported to a floor below to like make room? Just like, just, oh, right, peg out here. Whoop. That just makes that's just so fucking what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I have no problem if like a bunch more Cybermen came out the room after him because I can suspend my disbelief and say that more came out of the doll. Oh, that but, just, that makes sense. That's just like that, that's been established. That's fine. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. But on the other floors, yeah, where yeah. did the master just put another doll on every floor? Did he just like oh I'm going to mail a bunch of Russian nesting doll Cybermen to units? And all those soldiers were definitely. <laughs> just take that like, you know Tegan blames us I said oh, I brought them in here but it is a bit weird that unit didn't immediately say wait you got a random thing sent to you by someone who claimed to be the doctor show us this what the fuck yeah. um <laughs> okay uh so yes Ashad eventually goes downstairs and frees the master uh he shoots once and he's able to destroy the bars that like have the master in it and go through and shoot the handcuffs off, but not hurt the master. Yeah, it's conveniently powered lasers. Yeah. Uh, nice reference as well to uh, Cybermen being allergic to gold. The way I mentioned, we haven't been allergic in quite some time. Which is yeah. you know, a nice thing because, again, uh, Tegan and all that, they would have thought that Cybermen were still allergic to gold. Um, but yeah, here's the thing. Uh, when the master gets out, there's a light bulb in the prison cell. And he smashes it, and he has yeah. this little teleport matchbox thing there. Mm-hmm. Kevin. Yeah. When, yeah. How, yeah. Um, um, well, you see, he planned all of this. Um, except for everything after the part where his plan has ended. The only um, way I could like it is that if this was an older unit base, right? But it's not, yeah. because... Um, Kate they make a mentions, point about it being a new building. Yeah, Kate has just literally written the lease, uh, and this was an old one. And the master back in the day planted some stuff, like back in the old school days. That'd be like, oh, that's cool, that's smart. I'd be okay with that. It's not though. It's just no. I guess this is master plan again. Like, I guess his master plan was like, okay, I'm going to sneak into unit, put a few uh, little Cyberman toys around the place, and I'm going to go into the dungeon, open up the bulb, put a teleporter in there, close it back up, and sneak out, and no one will catch me. No, he's just, like, this is just one of those things where uh, if if you don't accept that the villain is just like precognizant savant at everything. Oh, but the, the thing is we we need to see it. Like it can't just be ass pulled out of nowhere I, every single I know, time. I know, but I know, but this is one of those things where like it's it's the same conceit with like fucking like a lot of shit, honestly. It's, it's like just... the sonic screwdriver. It's the the sonic screwdriver is the biggest conceit in Doctor Who history. People mm-hmm. might say the tires, but no the sonic screwdriver actually changes the plot 
the whole time. You know, yeah, it's just it's oh, I wand. wave my I wave my stick at a thing, and it, yeah. and the thing that needs to happen happens, or it tells me the yeah. information off of the screen that it doesn't have. That bothers me a lot about Sonic Screwdrivers. They they don't have an info screen. What yeah. the fuck are you talking well, about? But, but people also then bring it up like, oh, no, this, the Sonic Screwdriver is a way of, um to open doors, and you need to do that. And so I think you understand this is not a historical document. There don't mm-hmm. have to be doors so that we have to have a sonic screwdriver like. We can go without doors. Like we have plots yeah. without doors. It's fine. <laughs> you it's, know? It's also it's also worth noting that multiple eras of Doctor Who have drastically altered things the character has. Yeah. You know? Uh, like it well, it's not unusual to remove these elements. Yeah. Uh, let's go back. So the doctor is well, first of all we go to Yaz, and Yaz is very much like, oh no. The master and the Daleks are digging in the hole. That's a bad thing. She basically says something like that, which is just like, you didn't even have to go off and see what the Daleks were doing to know that this was bad. Like, we know yeah, it's no. bad. They're causing no. earthquakes already. Like, we know this. Relax. Um, and the doctor um, is talks to the Daleks. The Daleks are like, hey, I'll give you information. Put that thing on my head. Burp. And they get caught by the other Daleks. And it turns yeah. out, like, the doctor turns like, you betrayed me. And, you, and the Dalek trader was like, no, I didn't. No, I'm mm. telling the truth. And all the guys went, yeah, no, he's actually on your side. Uh, this very convenient plot hole is actually on your side, and don't worry about it. Yeah, um, don't worry about it. We're about to firing squad yeah. him. Super convenient again that this Dalek came around exactly when the Daleks needed to capture mm-hmm. the Doctor. Like not even, not even the Dalek. The Master once again. Very convenient that one Dalek which just kind of got cold feet or cold. Treads? I don't know what's underneath. Tentacles. Hover. <laughs> Got cold tentacles about, like, genocide. And was like, you know what? I don't want to genocide anymore. Let's genocide the Daleks. Do you think um, that the Master just talked to that one Dalek specifically saying, you know, you used to be callous and looked after, um, like, the car race, and now you're just Daleks? And they went, oh, shit. You're right. Oh, God. <laughs> you know? That, like... He he had he had to like once again we never saw it but it had to be the master got involved because the whole Dalek plot is we knew that the traitor contacted you to come here so, and we're going to kill him and you're going to sit in his chair and that's your prison now especially because the master was made wait are those Dalek s- signatures or signals like mm-hmm. he knew that the Daleks were already messaging the Doctor oh hold on we should mention this we haven't even mentioned like the the big uh, metal. Planet is over Russia in 1916 as well. We didn't mention yeah. that because this plot has so much in, in not connected. What's the opposite of interconnected? Disconnected. Yeah. Um, there's so many plots happening all at once. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't even know. And the worst part is the doctor doesn't like try and solve one problem at a time. She like jumps between problems, and that's why she fucks up. If she just stayed on the robot planet and freed the Quark, then nothing wrong would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Dalek Traitor gets captured, uh, killed, mm-hmm. and then they use the shell to uh, capture the master and. The, the no capture the doctor and the doctor gets sent to the master trust me yeah. folks the whole the doctor master get mixed up it's about to get worse oh uh, God, it gets so much worse we see um, we see Yaz yeah. controlling the TARDIS a little bit uh, because uh, she's now on her own and she has to figure out where to fly uh, she uses some notes and post-it notes uh, from one of the roundels and I actually kind of like this because uh, back in the day um, Earthshock was 
um, an episode with Tegan. And there was a t- moment where Tegan had to use the TARDIS manual to do a quick TARDIS jump herself. So that's, yeah. that's you know what, subtle. I like it. There's a bit of a connection. Even though we do kind of get the hint last season that Yaz understands how the TARDIS works more than most companions do. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think she would be as good as, say, Clara. But yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, who knows? Um, but yeah, to be fair, actually, Clara literally flies a TARDIS by the end and lives yeah. a life with uh, Game of Thrones girls. Um... Yeah, me. <laughs> That's not yeah. me, me, but me, the yeah. character. Uh, the character named me. So we have some fun things. Uh, the do- uh, Master is now just as Rasputin again, because he must mm-hmm. once he escaped, he must have travelled back. Um, he he does a line which I think is a reference to the movie, which says, oh, you have to dress for the occasion. Which is very much a master from the movie. I always dress for the occasion. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does the Rasputin dance. They, they, yeah, they, they, he, play they played the song Rasputin, which... I mean, I, I liked this song more than I liked the song in the last time uh, the Master did this joke. I will say, no offense, but he could have danced a bit better as Rasputin. Oh, Yes, there was a um, lot of like standing still and swaying his hands. The best part was when he started doing the like the jump kick thing that Russian traditional Russian dancing has. But that's about mm-hmm. it. Everything else was him just like weirdly waving dancing. Yeah, there's also a scene where a Dalek and a Cyberman just kind of look at each other. Oh, that's best part of this entire um, episode. It is. It's just them going like, "Are you seeing this shit?" It's like, "Yeah, Dude, <laughs> we're like more that... enemies, but like, what the fuck is this?" <laughs> If that led into them like going, we have decided to ally against you as well. Yeah, <laughs> and just opening fire on the both of them. Um, the the master makes fire? fun of his plan a bit by mm-hmm. oh the uh, the master Dalek plan, Dalek cyber master plan, almost like he's making fun of the plot in general. Um, mm-hmm. well, I just need to clap because I hear Rosie calling me. Okay, be back in yep. just one sec. Sorry about that. Right. Where were we? Um, We were talking... Oh, fuck. Where were we? Dalek um, master plan, blah, blah, blah. Making fun of his own plan. Yes. Okay. I'll just go... Because I have a point straight away to go. Yeah. Yeah. And then the master does this thing where... He, I think this is the first hint of what is the power of the Doctor, which is named this episode. Uh, and he says, mm-hmm. you just get every Tom, Dick, and Harriet around you. And I was like, is that a reference to Harriet Jones? Yes, it is. It has to be. You're definitely Harriet be. Jones, right? <laughs> um, uh, if the doctor replied with Harriet Jones, Prime Minister, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know who you mean. <laughs> okay, and the master reveals that he's going to. Com- he talks about the ultimate sanction. When a Time Lord has mm-hmm. done really bad boo boo stuff, uh, they are forced to regenerate. And we have seen the Doctor go through this um, from the second Doctor to into the third Doctor. Yeah. Um, he was forced to regenerate. And again, the Master makes a point saying like, the time has probably made you 
do this a whole bunch, but who knows? You wouldn't, which is yeah, fair now. Now we we know that doctors have giant history. Mm-hmm. The doctor was probably regenerated a whole bunch of times, um, purposely, forcefully. God, I imagine Big Finish after the Timeless Children was the only people who were like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, ma- the master regenerates um, into the doctor. But the Doctor regenerates into the Master. That's the point, right? The Doctor is regenerating. She's mm-hmm. regenerating into the, something that looks like the Master. But while that's happening, the Master's brain is regenerating into her, but yes. leaving the empty Rasputin body thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so now, people in the audience, you might be wondering, why does the Master want to be the Doctor? Because she want, he wants to ruin everything the Doctor was throughout time by going around and just saying, doing terrible things, like, and I'm the Doctor, and leaving. Like, that's that's the plot, right? Yes. Um, he wants he wants to prank her. Yeah, he wants to <laughs> prank her. Uh, here's the thing, that's... right? He, he could have just <laughs> killed her. Also, mm-hmm. is it just me? But is that very much like Christopher Reeve's uh, Superman glass chamber losing his powers vibes going on with this regeneration scenes? When they're like the little, it, it like really feels like they're holding onto the booth and it's just like, Aah! I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, I, first thing I thought was like, that's a bit weird. But yeah, so the, that's what the doctor wants. And Yaz arrives like, late because, of course, she arrives late. She has a time machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, like, I, I just, I, like, every time I think about the master's plan on this, I just don't, I just don't get it. Couldn't he have just, Said that he was the doctor anyway. Like, what does he have to be the doctor to pretend to be the doctor? He literally had the doctor tied up inside a Dalek with a bunch of Daleks inside him and around. And he he could have just gone over and killed her a bunch and just died. And then... Now, here's the thing. If you change the plot a little bit, saying like... So the doctor and the master was very upset last season about uh, the fact that he has some of the doctor in him. Because the doctor has given regeneration to the Time Lords. But if the master in this decided, hey, I'm going to take over a body and take over the power of regeneration, it's mine then, and take control of it, that would be a very master thing to do. Yeah, like, just change the reason for why yeah. he wants to do it. But he and that... the thing is, right, uh-huh. do you feel like he's evil as the Doctor, right? He is. Yeah. But he's also kind of not the master anymore either, like, behavior-wise, in a little bit. Like, there's evenness, but he's also just like, hey, let's go on an adventure! And there, like, there, there are, like... Like, what is what happened in that transfer? Like, did they just take, like, the master's personality and then mix... Like, okay, so I have had this thing about the Doctor for a while about regeneration. I think... the Doctor's personality changes... Because, yes, the Doctor still had the same nurture throughout his life, or her life, but the nature changes. Like, the genetic nature changes in regeneration, right? That's yeah, what we have. Like so we have the same Doctor. Them. Yeah, so we still have the same Doctor, but it's as if they had a different start with the same experiences. Yeah, they're, they're, the chemicals in their brain are just slightly different. Yeah, so, than, like, I kind of got this. Is this, like... The master, if he had the doctor's nature, because there is a little bit here, and he, he just smiles and says, hey, I can be fun. It's just a different kind of fun. And it's not even more like he's trying to 
joke around and like take the piss. He like he genuinely wants Yas to like follow him around. He wants yeah. to be the doctor. And it's and it is notable that it's like different than the way Missy was pretending to be the doctor. Oh, she was beautiful. I yeah. love Missy. Uh, she, I mean, she was like a lot better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but like the way he's being the doctor is a lot different than the way Missy was being the doctor. Yeah, but I, I suppose it, it was different. Missy was only like theatrical playing the yeah, well, stereotype of the doctor. Was, this is actually like this seems to actually be a little bit of doctor in there. Like this yeah, is but, technically uh, the doctor's next regeneration. Yes, it's been manipulated by the master. But it's still the doctor as well. Uh, I just had a thought. Is this going to affect the fucking count? <laughs> oh, uh, Kevin! By the time we get to the end of it, of course it will fucking affect the count. Does that it's, does that mean that Jody is now thirteen and fifteen? Jody was already thirteen and fifteen, Kevin, because of the sorry, previous... thirteen, fifteen, and seventeen. Also, the Kevin, fucking... you're wrong because we also have the Ruth Doctor and the previous uh, incarnations. There no, are no more we're... numbers. The numbers are dead. We're co- we're going from Hartnell on. <laughs> okay, from Hartnell on, War Doctor. There you go. Half Tenth Doctor. There you go. What mm. incarnations anyone anymore? All right. So so okay. Um, wait. I'm trying to think here. No, don't. No, 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 Kevin. No, we're not going down this road. Maybe we go back. We'll, we'll revisit it when we uh, join Nakuti in the next season on the next special. But right yeah, now, we, we're when not we have to put this. a number on it. Yeah, we'll figure it out by then. All right. Because uh, God knows the BBC won't. I've heard someone say that David Tennant's spoiler. David Tennant's incarnation, the new one, is the 14th Doctor, and Nakuti is going to be considered the 15th. Some people said that's what RTD said, versus Davis. I haven't seen that, so take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean I, given that, I would then be inclined to say that, yeah, Jody counts as two iterations. Yeah. In this instance. Um, the Master goes into the TARDIS mm-hmm. and tries to manipulate it, and. The master, like a, like the, like he goes, oh, you have a post-it note to control the TARDIS. Yeah, so so cute. Again, that seems like the like a very doctorish thing to do as well. Like, ah, oh, nice, you know, it's sweet. But yeah. he mentioned dirty protest. Now, for people who don't know what dirty protest is, it's at least in our Irish cultural side of things, there were people. Um, in Northern Ireland, put into prisons and refusing to eat, who then smeared their shit on the wall in protest against uh, British people um, owning Northern Ireland. And that's uh, what the dirty protest was called. Right? Yeah, and um, heads up to all those people who were eating dinner during this podcast. Sorry. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> here we go with the master, uh, because the tar's like, don't touch me, going, yeah. dirty protest. Now, this is because I have Irish ancestry and Irish culture, so maybe there is another view of that term, but I'm not aware of. But did yeah, the master just say that the TARDIS basically smeared her shit across the walls and told him to fuck off? Like, it didn't seem like it. It seemed like it gave him a small static shock. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, again, I, I want like the... Maybe that's the TARDIS yeah. equivalent of smearing your shit on the yeah, walls? Yeah, I guess. Artron <laughs> energy is just shit. Uh, oh, that's that's new context that I never wanted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, I just want to go through this. Um, yeah, okay. So, the Daleks and Cybermen, um, it gets revealed that they are going to get Earth 
and mm-hmm. have it as a foundry to make Daleks and Cybermen. That's a stupid thing. That's not going to work ever. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's also like they're getting it at two instances in history. Um, no, they're, we... getting, they're only getting it at the end. They are, no, they, because no. like the cyber planet is in 1916, but the Daleks are in the modern day. Yeah, but um, the volcanoes get converted at the end, not at the beginning, right? I don't know anymore. What's time? Anyway. Uh, here's a question, folks. For anyone who did enjoy this episode, and like fair fucks to you, there's there's some past come up that I actually really enjoyed. But uh, why did he need to own the Winter Palace? Um, so they could make a Rasputin joke. It's, uh, I mean, to be fair, that does sound like a master. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Doctor Master starts a war. Um, and then we see the Doctor, and she's inside her own head. Oh, kind of. I don't know where she is. Uh, she's in the crossroads from existence to oblivion. And she's just like, where am I? It's very supernatural feeling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we see the first incarnation, played by David Bradley. Not David Bradley. No, David Bradley. I keep mixing yeah, up David, David Bradley, Bradley and Bradley Walsh. Like those, <laughs> they always get mismatched. There's like a list of Doctor Who names I have in my head, and they. Yeah, just why get... is there two Bradleys? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, where the first Doctor talks to her, and we soon get shifts because I was like, "Oh, he's back. Okay, that's fun." But no, it's not just him because we have him six, seven, eight, and five. I don't know why I did that out of order. Uh, but you did it like almost in order, but you skipped five. No, actually, I think I did it in order as. No, I didn't do an order as an appearance either, because Seven appears just, like, weirdly at the end. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann, and Peter Davison, I did it again, um, are back. And they're playing, like, a spiritual sort of guide to the Doctor, and they explain to her, like, this is where all incarnations go. And yeah. they go into the abyss, and then the next take over. And they make a point, like, you have to fight back. You can't let the Masters um, survive and take over our legacy. And the first doctor makes the point that Joey's like saying, you have quite the spirit, you know, you're holding on. Not many people do that. Uh, we see them all also in robes, except for uh, eighth doctor, Paul McGann, which I love because they, and I love that seven and eight are bickering with each other as well. Yeah, <laughs> not getting along at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, seven just going, that's always one. <laughs> and he's like, I don't do robes, all right. And I love that we see him in his war doctor clothes as well. It's just it's just cool. Bring back yeah. Paul again. Bring back Sylvester McCoy as well. Bring them all back. Like I don't care have... if they aged. Fuck it. It was great. Alright? Like here's the thing. The these these actors have aged, but I don't care. I like, really don't. Like just explain it with some weird shit, you know? Yeah. You don't even have to explain this special didn't explain it. Yeah they, yeah, they, they, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. There's a little yeah. explanation, but it's nothing serious. Real explanation. Well, uh, they they're basically trying to motivate her and see if a way to come back. At the same time, AI doctor shows up. Uh, turns out the uh, doctor used static electricity against all her companions so that they could see a hologram AI version of her. And that's a thing. I mean, yeah. I, and this hologram AI version of her sure is. It's just her. Yeah, it's, it's just. It, ex- yeah, there's there's a few moments where she's like um, trying to compute stuff when older faces come on, um, mm. like interfaces, which is you know fun. Uh, but yes, so like she gets upset, like what's happened, and she has to say, yeah, no, uh, you're 
the master currently has force regenerated you and you don't exist right now and she's like oh not good no that's not nice uh, Yaz also catches Ace after Ace jumps off the building, though I think that's probably more the TARDIS going, yeah, I better go save Ace and just let Yaz type whatever yeah. she wants onto the console um, there. I want to remark on that the effect that they did for her jumping off the building. Oh, where they just had the camera right next to her face and just had like like a random like building fly behind her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did like Oof. the landing into the TARDIS. Like, like she... I, I thought it was a bit awkward. <laughs> okay, well, look, it's a bit awkward if you think about it. Uh, in general, it doesn't really. How would you do that? Where does when does gravity take place? You know. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, obviously the gravity's an issue there, but I also just think the way because she got like halfway in and then her momentum stopped and she just stood up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. The master really wants to be a shit doctor. Yes. Uh, also, just before luckily, to... Chibnall's right. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, I mean, hey, hey, hold on, hold on. An hour and fifty minutes into it, it's fine. We this is the only time we complain about Chibnall, right? Yeah. Okay, people relax. <laughs> I had to get one. I had to get one in, and that was the easiest way to do it. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing I I got from this was like I can now not say Chibnall bad. I can say Chibnall was bad. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the master is like on his planet. He already started a war between two worlds we know nothing about. A news camera comes around. He's dressed up as an all different versions of the Doctor. Like he has the best McCoy's jacket. He has the tenth Doctor's um, tie and shirt. We see you know um, a few things pop up. It's, it's nice. It's just a mismatch of things. Uh, Yas pushes him out, takes his heart away. She drops Ace as well uh, just before this off to bottom of volcano saying ace then you should go to the bottom of volcano beat up daleks with a bat and ace is completely on board and it's the most ace thing that could have ever aced like yeah. that's that's pretty on point like ace fighting daleks with a bat underneath a volcano is pretty spot on isn't it i mean i think so <laughs> yeah um okay so yeah, we see um, Hol- so we see Tegan, and she's still in the building. She decided not to join Ace in jumping off a building, which you mm-hmm. know why is it because not, it's her fault that the Cybermen on the floor they were on yeah. got into the building. At this stage, also we should say Kate put her on a mission to yes. go down to the basement and basically activate some sort of yeah. blow up building and keep everyone inside thing. On. And and you might be thinking, well, how is she going to get past all those Cybermen between her and the basement? Well, you see that this new building that they've bought, the new building, has an old service shaft covered in plywood. I don't think it's a floor. no. I don't think it's a new building. No, I, I, it's a new building they... for units. They they wrote like a loan on it. It's not a new building. It's just a I'll repurposed building. Okay, you can, <laughs> but it's you're, okay. It's one of the few things I think you can't. Anyway, <laughs> and she's just like, she's surrounded by Cybermen, and she mentally is kind of brought back to that time when she was with Adric and the Fifth Doctor and another companion that I can't remember right now because there's so much Doctor Who to remember, but um, it's it's a f- back in Doctor Who history, the only time they didn't play the end credit music was when Adric, a companion of the Doctor, a kid, died on a spaceship of Cyberman crashing into the earth. You'll like this part. Uh, 
So remember the asteroid that hits um, the Earth and destroys the dinosaurs? Yeah. It was actually a, a spaceship full of Cybermen and Adric. So there you go. <laughs> um, uh, I love yeah. lore. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, she's there and Hollow um, Doctor shows up and says, Oh, I'm hallucinating and I'm very emotional and this is really, really way beyond me. What's going on? And there's a glitch with a hologram and it turns into her incarnation. And she makes a point quick. It's like, hey, you, it looks like you, but kind of different. And she's, he goes like, I could say the same. And I like, leave it at that. That's all the explanation we need, right? We don't need any more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and we have this, you know, they have a bit of heart to heart where she goes like, you know, where were you? Where did you go? Like, why did you just forget us? And he goes like, I've never forgot you. I remember everything. And you can let, hear there's a bit of emotion in them. Like, this is the fifth Doctor. Like, really kind of maybe regretting some of his past. Maybe that's why Jodie is as disconnected from Tegan as he, she was. Because mm. she still feels bad what happened with Adric. And she's like, okay, well then, tell me what I'm thinking. Being surrounded by Cybermen. And he goes, Adric. And I think it's such a lovely scene. And they say, she mentioned, like, I missed you. And he goes, I missed you too. And say, Braveheart, Tegan. And ah. Like, you know, the rest of this episode can be a clusterfuck. But moments like this make me, like, say, fair play, Chibnall. That's, I really like this. This this was good. You did good this time. Yeah. Chibnall, good. <laughs> Um, don't get used to that <laughs> yeah um, right and then we kind of flip to what Ace is up to very quickly straight after and Ace gets confronted by her doctor and it's very much a story of look I'm sorry doctor that we had an argument and we parted on bad terms but like I really appreciate my time and the doctor's like you know I just try to prepare you for life give you some good habits, but I suppose I failed, and it's like absolutely not. You never failed, and you made me the person I am. And like, fair point, she is beating up Daleks with a bat, and she's also like a multi-billionaire. Like, she is, she did good, like, you know? <laughs> like, she made a charity that's super rich, and helps people. You know, as things yeah. go, that's pretty damn good, and yeah. then he makes a very fatherly sign saying, saying like, you know, it's always sad seeing the birds fly from the nest, but it's always great to see how they fly. And it's a very fatherly thing there. And she, it's a bit of a pun, but I love it because Sylvester McCoy rolls his R's and his words so well, where she goes, so professor, we're okay, right? We're more than okay, Ace. We're Ace. And she's like, oh, yes. I, I love it. I love it. I yeah. love it. Oh, yes. This is this is Doctor Who. Oh. It was pure cheese, but pure lovely cheese. Yeah. You know, yeah, it yeah. was fine cheese. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the good stuff. And I'm, I loved seeing Peter Davison and Sylvester in their clothes again, being their Doctor. And they are, they're still them. Now, obviously, because they've been doing Big Finish audio all this time, they haven't left their role. Like, like Davison has been doing Doctor Who for the last 10 years at least. Vesemann Coy about the same. Like, you know, they, 
they haven't left this in the past. They go to conventions all the time. So to see it on screen, mmm, good stuff. Um, Ace bumps into Graham. Mm-hmm. He, he calls him Graham is in this story. Yeah. Uh, he calls it, has a volcanic inspector. I don't know how he got into the volcano, uh, personally. Um, also, I feel like a scene is missing. <laughs> yeah. Also, he definitely fancies Ace. And mm-hmm. I don't blame him. Like, yeah. Fair play. Uh, Kate gets kidnapped by um, Ashtar and the Cybermen. Yeah. I think it's just uh, well, she, she bargains. She says, release my men and I'll go willingly. And then she goes willingly before they release her men. I think it's just buying time. She knows she, ha- she has no power. She doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and she's going to be, like, converted into the Cyberman. Um... So what, what was the deal with the volcanoes? I know they wanted to do the volcanoes. Did they just try to wipe things off of, like the surface I, of the planet? I think so. I think the the point was to blow things up. Um, okay. I, I think it was the point. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so we go back to the Doctor Master. Yeah. And they land back in the Winter Palace. And this is where I have a problem as well. So they come out of the towers and like it's very much at this stage seems that Yaz is like willing to die. She's like, I don't care. And the, the Master Rock's like, well, I'll shoot you then. There were very companions out there in the past. And she holds her arm, which is obviously where she got the static shock thing from the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And the Ruth Doctor um, hologram appears, which is great. Loathsome Ruth Doctor, Fugitive Doctor, whatever you want to call her. Brilliant. She shows up, does her thing. And, you know, Cybermen try to shoot her because they send around a circle around her and they shoot themselves because that's yeah. also how Gallifrey was saved, apparently. Um. Yeah, this is um, optimal firing squad. Yeah, <laughs> this is, yeah, it's it's really, like, it's literally how to, like, the most non-optimal fire squad is to have a circle facing each other. <laughs> um, but they... Uh, the um, Ruth Doctor also mentions stuff like, ha, you were always a terrible schoolboy as well. Yeah. You know, so I, I kind of, I like that nod to it. But... Well, like, the the thing is, that's not Ruth Doctor saying that. That's yeah. well, the it Doctor is. emulating. No, because Ruth didn't know the Master. The Master came when the Doctor oh, that's grew true. up. Okay, yeah, so this is, this is um, the Ruth AI part of it, knowing... Future things of other incarnations. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fair enough. But like, look, this is a mis a mangled version of the Doctor. Anyway, that's that's a whole bunch yeah. of things going there. The thing that annoyed me is uh, why could the Master see her? Oh my god! <laughs> like we see Yaz touching it. Like is is she just really hoping? Wait a minute. Why could your man see it? The fucking the pilot guy. The only Who's... the only there's only one way it's possible. Remember that time that Clara tried to get into the TARDIS and the TARDIS wouldn't let her and an interface was activated outside to talk to her? That yeah. was her. That's the only way. Maybe the TARDIS has some projection ability to a certain with, uh, like extent of her, you know? Yeah. But otherwise, like the whole convoluted, oh, I, I put a chip in your bloodstream and now you can see me. And suddenly they, they all can see her. And it's just like, okay, I guess... I love. It would have been better if they didn't add the chip in the bloodstream part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it was yeah. just a hologram. Yeah. 
Because, like, here's the thing. My first time, I didn't know about, I didn't even cop that the Static Shock was a plot part of that until, like, we were talking about it last night. Yeah. Um, I just thought, oh, the TARDIS is doing this projection and it just has a long range. Yeah. Uh, so here's <laughs> um, the thing, right? Yeah. We also get Yaz now making clear the point of why this episode is called The Power of the Doctor, right? It's The Power of the Doctor, as we've always kind of seen, like Davros mentioned it back in the day at Parting of the Ways, that the Doctor's power is making friends and making people fight for her. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's 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 what that is about. Yeah. Because I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, so what is the power of the Daleks? And the Doctor, and it's like, it's that. She makes good friends. It's, it's, the, it's the power of friendship. It's the power of friendship. And look, I mean, I can be very cynical, but that Doctor does that a lot, so it's fine. Yeah. You know? Um... I, I like this is this is a fine lesson of it, I guess. Yeah. Not even lesson. This is a fine moral. Yeah. Uh so the master gets through Master Doctor gets thrown back into Superman glass chamber. Uh then Yas uses her sonic screwdriver to use the regeneration energy from the Cybermasters around her and pushes it to the machine at the top. Yeah. Which by the way, we need an entire planet to force regen, but now yeah. we just need Six. Cybermen regenerations. That does the job, apparently. Yeah. Six Cybermasters is about the equivalent of a planet being powered by a being made of pure energy. It's about the same, you know? And, yeah, <laughs> and, and Ruthus explains all this as well. Like, oh, hopefully we'll have enough. And again, like, I don't mind having the Hollow Doctor here, but it does kind of make the Doctor themselves kind of pointless. That yeah. there is always a backup doctor that could just be brought out anytime. Like this is going to be instantly forgotten about Rusty Davis. No worries. But yeah. for real, like, well, like, it, like there was a hollow doctor. Well, not even a hollow doctor. It was like video logs, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, like kind of, yeah. kind of. Okay, so the ninth doctor had one when you know um, he sent Rose back, and he said he just kind of. It wasn't. Mar- it wasn't Rose. It was Martha. No, no, it was it. It was with Rose um, during part. Of the, it was the last episode. Oh, it was parting of the way. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. see, I was thinking of Family Blood. Yeah, and he he kind of like he looks straight forward. He's a hologram mm-hmm. and he's t- saying all these things. But then Rose goes to his side, and for his last line, he turns to her. So I think there is some intelligence in those recordings as well. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she uses the sonic. Um. Master doesn't want to be the master. He says, Doctor, I destroyed you. I am the doctor now. Please don't make me be the master again. Uh, uh, they reasons. they just utter, utter character assassination. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, like, the interesting thing, when the doctor comes back to herself, all of the incarnations of her inside her head go says, where there is hope. And that's a line from John Pertwee's um, doctor. It gets mentioned during his uh, reign, but also at the end when he re- regenerates. Because the thing is, where there's life, there's hope. So mm. when he says, where there is hope. So it's like kind of a nod to that past as well. Which, you know, nice yeah. touch. Um, interesting. Something I never considered. Yaz was confused by the Ruth Doctor. She didn't recognize it. Last time you, you were like a tourist uh, gu- a tourist guide. Because she never saw that side. She never the... saw the Ruth Doctor. Yeah, no, never. Huh. Even in last season, at the end, she never really got to see the Ruth Doctor, right? Because she was the last time I saw you with this. So she doesn't really know much about the Ruth Doctor, except what the Doctor told her. 
Wait, uh, that's throwing me. That that's actually kind of throwing me through a loop. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'd have to rewatch the last season just to make sure, and I don't want to. Yeah. Um. Um. There's also the fact that this episode brings up that uh, Kate has never been in the TARDIS before. Yes, but and just I'm... before we get there, the building literally falls on top of them as they exit. Like there's chunks yeah. of stone flying past them. They literally just make it out. And then Tegan just walks into the TARDIS and then we get a quite sweet moment where the doctor says, hey, Kate, come on, get into the TARDIS. Me? <laughs> Me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a bit weird for her, like, up, like kind of uptight kind of government character, but like, I liked it enough. I I, I love Kate. Kate is a great character. Um, yeah. Because she has a bit of a twinkle in her eye as well, you know? Uh, yeah. I did think it was weird when she went into the TARDIS and she got to do the bigger on the inside bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of interesting because she, like, she's been around the story of the Doctor for so long and she's still just like, yeah. how is it bigger? <laughs> like, it's not like she, like, she's like, oh my God, it's bigger on the inside. No, she's, like, she's like, yeah, I know it's yeah, bigger, it's like, but how? <laughs> how is it bigger? How did you do it? Yeah. Did yeah. It, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm not remembering. Did they do an, oh, you've redecorated line? I can't remember. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if I'm disappointed or glad. <laughs> I always prefer once the doctor is saying it anyway. Uh, True. So, Doctor uses the safe companion, Tegan Cage, make it out. Kate is happy to see Tardis. Uh, so Rasputin masters hobbling along the way. We realize he's still alive, even though he's a weird puppet looking thing inside the box. Yeah. It's because he's the master and the master will never die, even when he dies. Yeah, uh, Ryan, it turns out, is in Patagonia. Um, yeah. That's all we know about Ryan. That's the only line we ever get in regards to what's happening with Ryan. Um, we get, again, a parting, not the parting of the way, what's the one with David Tennant? Um, Doomsday? No, it's the one no. later on when everyone was around the Taurus console when Earth got stolen. Oh, it's, it's, oh my god, I actually can't remember the name of the episode now. Um, all, all I'm thinking of, yeah. I'm thinking of like every other special's name. Yeah. But anyway, it, we again have this moment where the doctor's really happy about having everyone in the TARDIS and she puts everyone in the, around the console room because the TARDIS is meant to be operated by six people. So she pops them all around mm-hmm. and says, let's do it. And uh, she explains that she's going to go over to the, she finally explains that the other TARDIS is not a future inc- version of her TARDIS. It's just mm-hmm. the master's TARDIS, a TARDIS 75, type 75. It's a home world TARDIS for anyone yeah. who cares about that kind of thing. And they use it to double the power, like a, a double power TARDIS, uh, to be able to then move it into the future and then use the planet to turn the lava into solid steel. Now, here's the thing, right? So they're just, it's basically acting like a plug, right? Because yeah. she didn't turn the entire core of the planet into like metal, did she? Um, if she did, then I know what the opening of the next season is going to be. Death. Uh, <laughs> planet Earth is gone. We need to move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just went freeze volcanoes into metal. And there's a question mark next to it. Is that enough? Yeah, I was also thinking, like, surely, if even if that does stop the eruption, does that not cause other issues? Like, yeah, like, I feel like, like, you know, they, they made the core, like, unstable. Like, <coughs> you're just 
moving it somewhere. Like, there'll just be a bloody volcano open up in Ireland now. Yeah, instead of us, like, knowing about all the dangerous volcanoes, now we have a bunch of new volcanoes to worry about. Uh, But, yeah, the Doctor saves the day. They're all happy. They have a little Mm -hmm. funny, um, I think it's a nod back to Mickey, um, when Graham's just like, can we let go of the button now? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Um, But, yeah, she goes over there and she says, hey, I'm going to free the energy child. Yeah. Um, And she's like, "Before, before you go, can you... Aim and laser beam at the planet. Go Can mental, you just, just destroy everything. Destroy this planet. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, sure, man, no worries." And, and it just starts. It like, it like just starts rotating around, yeah. throwing. I feel like that effect was caused by them having the energy being in like blender and just rotating it around like on yeah. a, on multiple axes yeah. while a projection of the laser was around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the master shows up and he's just like, "Oh, doctor!" And the doctor's like, "Ah, y- y- master, you have beaten yourself again because of uh, regeneration energy, and your body's hurting." And the master goes, "Aha! But I have this." And he presses his machine, which lets off like a force field kind of thing, like a wave of yeah. force fields, and it pushes very conveniently the beam of the alien towards the Doctor. Like, he must have timed that perfectly at the right angle. Because, like, okay, when you were a kid, have you ever, like, held, like, a soccer ball and someone threw a soccer ball at you and you, like, bounced the soccer ball away with your yeah. soccer ball? Like, that's well, I've, I tried to do it. Yeah, okay. But, like, that's kind of what's happened here, like, except it's like someone threw a stick at you and you had a ball to protect yourself. I don't know. It just, again, I guess the master probably knows how, you know, geometrics I mean, work like i have no <laughs> issue with him getting the timing right i my issue with it, my issue with it is his ability to do it in the first place yeah that entire <laughs> super energy being can like be deflected by his little pocket screwdriver like, thing the the thing is like about it as well like oh like it shoots the laser beam it's heading towards the master he uses the force field and instead of, like, the laser beam just being blocked or something, or maybe, like, even ricocheting off of it into the Doctor. No, it, like, the whole thing bounces and rotates at the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really... And, like, Doctor just a sideswipe. Now, no damage to her clothes at all. Yeah. She is, Why would they? I mean, to be fair, it would be weird, because the way they shot her, it would be, like, across her chest. And I think that would be the weirdest thing. Yes, we've hired a woman to be the Doctor. We're gonna be cool. And very like, ha! Look at her boobs! You know? <laughs> I just burned the jacket. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's um, all you need to do. Well, yeah. Uh, Yaz comes out and picks up. Yaz is fucking strong. Fair play. Yeah. Uh, that that scene. <laughs> my my uh, direct quote from my own dad. Um, uh, Yaz is swole. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, she brings her in, and all the companions kind of sit around the doctor, and she loses consciousness. And then she wakes up and all the companions have been dropped off. And... Yeah. Because why would we get a goodbye scene? We don't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. It shows over. Fuck off. Like, it's it's going to just basically be like, yeah, I met the Doctor uh, the, again. It was really cool. But, like, I met her hologram version. Way nicer. The current yeah. Doctor. Complete bitch to me. I don't know. Didn't like her. Uh, it's almost as if the hologram was just, like, a nicer person. Yeah. That hologram should be the Doctor. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, 13 wakes up. And she's regenerating. Yeah. Um, the early stages, which apparently are just in that hand for her at the moment. Yeah. 
for a like while. Like, they, they make a weird point of it that it's only in the hand. Yeah, I mean, going around, um, we've always seen the Doctor look in his hands like, oh, I'm regenerating. But, like, it's literally just glowing red, orange at this stage. Yeah, it's, uh, like, constant. It's not like, like, when Capaldi was regenerating, it occasionally pulsed. Yeah, yeah, or, know? like, he, he pushed it back into himself or something like that. But no, no, um, she's just, like, letting it, like, alright, so they go on to the TARDIS at the, on top of the TARDIS and look at Earth mm. eating ice cream. Which I imagine is something they've done before. It's probably like a date night for them, whatever. Yeah. And maybe I'm just dumb, but I feel like regeneration energy must be kind of warm. Like, is the ice cream going to melt when she's holding it with her hand? I mean, like, I assume it's warm. It clearly is has some properties, can, given it has exploded the TARDIS. Do you also think you it know? just ran to the TARDIS kitchens and got ice cream and then went back outside and climbed onto the top of the box? I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they mentioned something like going somewhere to go get moth ice cream or something. Mm, fair <laughs> enough. Um, we kind of get a hint again to Yaz being in love with a doctor. Yeah, and we Which, see it throughout the show. So she says stuff like, "You're not my, not my doctor." In regards to mm. matter, like she's connected to this incarnation. She ain't on the whole deal with potentially not Jodie version doctor. You know. Yeah, and for for all of those people who were really rooting for Yaz and the Doctor to kiss, um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm glad you found something, yeah. and second of all, oof, uh, sorry. Yeah, I'm really sorry because like, if it happened, I'd be okay with it at this stage. Because like, it seems like the only thing, at least for me, that seems salvageable from that weird relationship they had that didn't really go anywhere. But anyway, hmm. Yaz makes a point that said, "Hey, uh, let's not say goodbye." And she's in tears. And Jodie's still kind of like, Ha, oh, you're crying, but I can't look at you crying. Earth is great, isn't it? <laughs> let's, yeah, let's not say goodbye. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. And mm-hmm. uh, Yaz goes off. And she meets, there, she's in the middle of this park after the doctor leaves. And she meets Dan and Bradley Walsh. It's Graham. <laughs> Graham. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> and they say, hey, did you get lost? And it turns out that the... The Companions Anonymous made it. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a support group for previous uh, companions. And don't get me wrong, it was really nice seeing some of the companions, especially Ian. Ian is like arguably the oldest companion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could argue, obviously. So Ian was the first Doctor's companion, like very first episode. You can argue Susan, of course, his granddaughter. But from his non-family companions, he is the one of the first. You know, yeah. Uh, so that was nice to see him. It's nice to see Mel. It was nice to see Joe, and it was nice again to see Tegan and Ace show up. Um, I like Kate. Went. I'm going to hire some of you people. Like I need to, <laughs> but. It, I this actually is—is is that the only reason Kate was there? Because she's not a companion. <laughs> I guess no, no, no. This is the thing. She might now technically be a companion because she did travel in the TARDIS. Uh, uh yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in in which case, she now has a shorter companion span than that one guy in in the ninth. <laughs> let's not talk yeah. about Adam, who turned out in real life to be a, um like a beautiful. Yeah, uh, let's not. <laughs> was it beautiful or was it sexual assault? It was something terrible. Um, something we terrible. Don't, we don't talk about him. Um, but yes, I don't like this. I don't like the support group idea. If it was like, you know, Graham set up people to talk in a pub about the Doctor, like in a friendly group, but 
this definitely felt like alcohol anonymous and it goes back to the whole like every time the doctor leaves everyone falls apart and has a terrible life and things are wrong and awful and i just i'm not on board for that I mean, I'd even prefer it if it was just like, oh, we're going to get together and like solve problems around our communities. Yeah. You know? I think it's a bit more elaborate than we need in the last few minutes of this, but yeah, absolutely. Like just, it's, it's just weird. It's like, oh, we have got all these classic characters together in a room to sit in a circle and monologue over the ending. Here's an interesting (laughs) thing. Graham goes like, oh yeah, so apparently I need to be the first one to say this, which made me think why? Did he, I thought you set this up. Because for a moment I thought, did the doctor set this up? But then he says he set it up. So why did he have to say this at first? It, I don't know. It just, it's weird. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll also say that this is kind of, um, instead of the doctor getting, like, getting to send herself out in this incarnation, it's the companions talking over her doing stuff in the TARDIS. I'm going to be honest, I um, thought definitely it was going to be a funeral for once minute like the doctor set up like a funeral for her incarnation and they were going to talk about it because that would have been worse last time we saw graham talk was when his wife died at the beginning of the year so it's interesting they had graham at the beginning and the end talking over people you know i i I think that would have been worse it would have been worse (laughs) it definitely would have been worse i thought that's where they're going for a second yeah true um there, I was going to say something, and I've, I've completely gone from. Uh, um, I think we've said all we need to say about the, well, okay. the sharing circle. Right? Yeah, sure. I don't. Um, it just it doesn't sit well with me. I I want some of the companions to actually like be happy. Um, but that's just me. No, but we said they're traumatized and unhappy. Yeah, we see the uh, Jody, Thirteenth uh, Doctor, now is in the TARDIS, yeah. and she wants to see one last sunset. She tells the TARDIS to look after the next incarnation. Yeah, she stands on a cliff into the sunlight. It's some really nice CGI effects, I think, of like the regeneration yeah. energy on her face. Like you see, like I, the cells being removed and changed. Yeah, I also have to give Jodie credit for one of the smartest things her like doctor has done was step out of the TARDIS to regenerate. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. It felt how like many... a woman's choice when like I'm not an idiot like them. Let's go outside. Yeah. How how many doctor and I'm I'm specifically looking at you, tenant. You parked it in the sky to regenerate. <laughs> what were you expecting? I'd like to just imagine the lab doctor went into like the abyss when he regenerated and just went to the tenant and was like, What the hell, dude? <laughs> You know, I mean, to be fair, Capaldi also kind of gave Jody a week, uh, like a bad deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he said it driving as he regenerates. Yeah, it's, it's just Jody. Look, it happened t- last two times. Please, let's not do this again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, she's there looking at the sunrise. And okay, so some people like this line. I think it's very much a line that works for her character. Mm-hmm. Um, but she basically says she she regrets that she won't see what's coming next, though she will because she's the doctor. Um, yeah, that, that's how it works. <laughs> that's how it works. But I, I guess this throughout the last few incarnations, we kind of get the feel that yes, they live on, but a part of them does change, and maybe parts of them do die. So it's it's, yeah. it's a mini death in a way, right? Yeah, they don't view themselves as the same person anymore. They do, and they don't. They do, yeah. because Matt Smith again says, like, you got to remember all the people that you used to be. So mm-hmm. there's this implication that, yes, you were different people, but 
you are you also have to remember all those people, so you are still them. There's a it's a bit of a both. I think it's both. Uh, they're yeah. still the same person, but it's about moving on in life, and she regenerates mm-hmm. into David Tennant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And we did it, guys. We we did it. We're David Tennant again. Into like closed as well. Like yeah. Run now. Here's the thing, right? Regenerating with the clothes changing is not a new thing in Doctor Who. This has happened before between two and th- uh, one and two. Like clothes have regenerated as well, but mm-hmm. never to this dramatic effect. Which makes me think there's something else afoot. We also like we we got a special effect for how they changed. Yeah, you know? like it burnt out from his, her chest into his chest, mm-hmm. and then instantly, I like that we went straight back to Tenon's like first scene, where he's like, "Hmm, new teeth," and "Hmm, I know these teeth." And yeah. then, what? 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 Again, honestly, like, I, I, I kind of love it. You know? Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Look, we're already changing him back into Tenon. Might as well do this cheesy stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm just so excited for Davies to be back now. Which um, I'm going to say, I didn't think I'd ever say myself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not, I, I'm not, just not on Davies, but I was okay when it finished and we moved on. You yeah, know? I ju- I'm just looking forward to like fun adventures again. Like, not to say that the, this era hasn't had its fun moments. I just haven't had like an episode that has been entirely all the way through. I love this. You okay, know, so this is my dig with uh, Jodie's Doctor and the general writing is that there were brief moments when Jodie's Doctor had to be serious, where she had to look her companions in the eyes and say, you don't know what to do here. You are not my equal. You can't help here. And as hard as that sound, I look for that little bit of steel inside the Doctor. I mm-hmm. need... Yes, I'm, I'm all for it. Her, her last line is basically the kindergarten teacher lines like tag you're it's next incarnation haha right and like for people who like jody they'll love it for others there you go she is just a kindergarten teacher uh incarnation but i wanted more steel from her i and we did get a few moments i don't look i'm not gonna we're very look we're almost two hours into this podcast and i'm not going mm-hmm. to do a full analysis of jody soccer all I know is that she wasn't my kind of doctor. Very much kind of the way that she reminded me of Peter Davison. I know someone's going to kill me out there for making the comparison, but just please let me live. Um, it's just a the large clan-like family vibe to it. The sort of doctor that lets other companions do the doctorish bits. It doesn't land well with me. I didn't think the writing was really that consistent. I know mm-hmm. that's going to be like, oh, but Moffat. It's like, yeah, but at least when Moffat pulled out back, it was great. Like, yeah. The like, worst thing about Chibbles Run for me is that it was always mid to low. And it was never yeah. dreadful, dreadful. But yeah, it was, it was never like consistent. It was consistently mid, and that yeah. made it worse than Moffat because when with Moffat. You either had like really good, solid episodes, or you had really bad episodes you could rag on. Yeah. Like you, like to get um, so many mid episodes, and not to say that there wasn't disasters. There definitely was some yeah, disasters yeah, yeah. in there. Yeah, Christmas but... anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was talking about Chibnall's era. There is some disasters. Well, I was going to say there's some disasters in Moffat's era as well. There yeah. are. <laughs> um. Yeah. Curse of the Black Spot, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, look, my takeaway is that I am looking forward to more Doctor Who. That's yes. all I'm going to say on this. I'm looking forward to more Doctor Who. And my takeaway is we're finally free. <laughs> you had to. You announced at the beginning. You had to bring it I up. I did. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah, to. Yeah. I, like, we have to full circle it, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, look, uh, we'll we'll cut it short just before the two hours. Uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed our very long review. Yeah. This was a bit of a ramble, but I, I think we had fun. Uh, yeah. You know, if you see the time, just relax and enjoy it. We will probably be reviewing Doctor Who when it comes back, whenever it's coming back. Because sometimes some next point. year, yeah. Um, probably, and... I imagine 23rd November area because um, Davies is writing the 50th anniversary, and that is when the anniversary is. Um, 60th anniversary, yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, look, folks, uh, we'll let you know when we bring new stuff up. Um, definitely be doing Doctor Who, but we have other TV shows to review before then. True. Um, look after yourself, folks. Bye bye. Bye. What's in the box? Presented by Sure It'll Be Grand.